Welcome to the Prosperity Gap, where we discuss the financial gap that exists between where we are and where we should be. It's time to bridge that gap. Hey, Prosperity Nation. Dave Hall, the Prosperity Guy here. So excited to have you back on our show. So excited to help you bridge your prosperity gap between the life that you're currently living and the one that you should be. If you've not yet had a chance to subscribe to our show, please do so. We release a new show every Friday. We want to make sure you get to meet our latest guests, as well as get the opportunity to gain the information and the insights that we share on these shows. Today's show is being brought to you by eTrends Tax and Accounting. If you've not got your tax return filed yet this year, you're looking for some guidance, some help, please go to their website, eTrendsGroup.com, where they'll be able to help make sure that you get the advice and the information you need, as well as the help that you need to be able to get your tax returns filed timely. So with that, let's go ahead and introduce our guest. Welcome her to the show. We've got with us today, Sarah Brandenburg. Sarah, welcome to the show. Hi, nice to meet you. <laughs> Great to have you on the show today. Sarah is a blogger slash Instagrammer slash wants to help the world with her nerd's guide to wellness, correct? Yeah, that sounds about <laughs> right. I don't really ever know what to call myself. So I've changed what my like profession is on my Instagram about 10 times because I don't know how to classify myself. <laughs> so. It's always interesting in this space when we talk about financial independence, when we talk about financial literacy, because there's so many individuals that are out there trying to share their story, trying to help other people, that it is a process. We see this with many of our guests, that it's been a process to get to the point where they are in the space that they exactly want to be in, where they're able to help the most amount of people that they can possibly help. And sounds like you're kind of going through some of that process yourself right now. Yeah, it's always changing over here. We're never bored. <laughs> <laughs> so your financial journey, as I understand it, started back in 2016. Is that correct? Yeah, we were newlyweds and that really pushes you to figure it out. <laughs> so talk a little bit, bit about what was going on in 2016 with your own finances and this relationship of putting two people together called a marriage. Right. So in 2000, well, January of 2016, we got married and we, my husband and I had always talked about him joining his family had a side business where they did like concrete asphalt, like poured driveways. And so my husband had talked a long time about leaving his like good paying job and transitioning into doing the family business full time. And so we kind of went around and around on that for a while. And we decided, okay, when we're married and he's on my insurance because very risk adverse. So I'm like, when you're on full-time insurance and you're covered through my, my employer, we can go ahead and like give this family business a try. And so we had looked over like the financials and everything. And so we're like, okay, so May came around and he quits his job and he starts the family business. And then we realized about like midsummer, like probably July was our like breaking point where we realized that the financial statements we had were like not representative of the entire year and that the business was going to be out of money probably by January, February. And so we would have no income through the winter. And so we were just kind of watching that and we're like, okay, great. Well, we just quit a really nice paying job to do this. And we bought new vehicles. We, my wedding ring was financed, like everything. And we're sitting there in the summer where the money's good because it's a seasonal job and we live in Indiana. And we're like, we're going to be out of money and we can't make our expensive vehicle payments. We had a motorcycle payment and then everything that could go wrong went wrong. So my husband, he 
his transmission blew on his truck and that was like two grand to fix. Then I was like, this truck is terrible and old. Let's buy you a brand new truck because that's like a good decision. (laughs) So then we bought like a $43,000 truck, financed that of course. And then I got a, like a promotion and changed jobs myself. And then, so I deserved like the, I deserves, I deserved an SUV. And then he nearly totaled the brand new truck. His like tire exploded going down the highway, just randomly total random event. And then my vehicle had a flat tire. Our dog got hit by a car, just like emergency bills. And we just like ended up in, we went from the people that pay their credit card every month to the people that couldn't pay our credit card. And we got into like $18,000 of credit card debt in about a three month span because of all these like emergencies and things. And we just weren't paying attention to our spending. And we were like, oh, let's remodel our house on the side because we're newlyweds. And that's what you do (laughs) is you buy a house and then you remodel it. So we just racked up a heap of debt. And so it was just horrible. And so I ended up like crying and finally found Dave Ramsey through a friend. So that's how we got debt free was kind of through that process. So coming into the marriage, did either of you bring debt into the marriage or was all of this created after you got married in January? He never used a credit card before we got married. Like he didn't have them. I did, but I had always auto paid them. And so turning off my auto pay was like mistake number one, because I was like, not really sure what we had spent. So obviously when you're not really budgeting, you don't really know what's going in and out. So I just knew we couldn't pay it all off that month. And then it never got better. I I mean, the ring we financed before, and that was something he did. We had the motorcycle before also. Okay. So there were a few items that you're bringing in. Reality of it was, is over this short period of time, everything really started, I guess, snowballing the opposite way of what Dave Ramsey would talk about, where we snowball our debt and get everything paid down quickly. We're basically snowballing yourself into debt and the financial woes that come with all that. Right. And then we talked a little bit earlier, I think we talked about side hustles. So when we did our debt payoff, I started waitressing like that summer on in addition to my full-time job and I waitressed like throughout our debt-free journey. And that's kind of how I got started on Instagram was just commiserating with other, a couple other people on Instagram about like, Hey, I'm waitressing like through debt and I work a 40 hour a week job plus. And then I, I'm changed literally in the car on the way to my job. Like, sorry, mom and dad, but <laughs> And then wouldn't get to like a West restaurant waitress. And that's how we paid off my car. <laughs> so talk a little bit more about your husband's business. So did he take the whole thing over from his parents? Were the other family members still involved in the business at the time? It's still up and running. We're just not in it. It just wasn't a good place to be. And I honestly think I'm a little too type A to handle the ups and downs of what we were going through. And so there was him, one of his other brothers, and then his parents, like we went into that business together. And so, you know, it was something that they were really passionate about and they had done like business before. And so they were used to the, like the really highs and lows, but we were just not prepared and not something we expected. And so it was just not for us by the end. So. And I think that's one of the important things about business is really come to an understanding of what is for you and what isn't for you. Right. They still love it. And we're just like, I don't like, bless you. We're, we, I, my wife can't (laughs) me. (laughs) And what's your husband's take on it? Is he happy to be out and into more steady job or does he some days wish he were back there? He really enjoyed the work, but he didn't, we, it started to take away the enjoyment of like family gatherings because it was stressful to run a business together. And we did a lot of like family time stuff. Like we'd go over and do like campfires at his parents' house and do all the stuff. And it kind of, took away the fun aspect of it when you're in the trenches every day together. And so we're like, I think we'll enjoy working on our own goals and then enjoy family time and holidays again a little bit more when we don't, you know, have to make business decisions together. So 
we decided to not mix it together quite as much. Um, but my husband's dream was actually the real estate, which we'll, I think, get into today. But that was his plan. And I was never that interested in it, which is ironic. So, so as he got out of the business, did he end up going back to the same job? Was he able to find a different job? What ended up happening on his side as you're doing this waitressing, yeah. <laughs> changing in the car, getting to yeah. one job to the other? Well, for about a year, we did. I kind of like hustled and did my Dave Ramsey stuff on my own. And then we finally, I finally realized that we have to start communicating about our money issues and we can't just like pretend it's not there. And so like doing, having a lot more conversations about it and where we wanted to go. And so we decided that we would do like, my husband's like, I really want to do rental properties. And at that time we met with a financial advisor and he's like, you, you know, that would really help move the needle for you guys with where you're at. And so he decided to go back to the RV industry full-time, which is what he did before in a different type of job, but same industry, same owners pretty much. And so he said, we decided to both work on getting like the highest paying jobs we could because that's how we can get as fast as we can into real estate. And so it was just kind of like a necessary evil to get where we want to be. So. The Prosperity Nation, I think what you're hearing from Sarah here is one of the most important aspects that you need to understand that the many times the quickest way you can get where you want to be financially isn't just cutting costs. Sometimes we can't cut enough costs to get ourselves there in a quick period of time that many times requires extra income. And as Sarah's shown here, you can do it for a year, maybe you have to do it five years, 10 years, whatever it may be, but there becomes to the point that you've earned the extra money you need as long as you don't keep raising your lifestyle with it to where you can get yourself out of debt, you can get yourself back to where you need to be, and you can finally be in a position where you feel comfortable again moving forward and don't have this debt hanging over your head all the time. And we're very bad at being frugal, to be honest. Like we're really bad at it. So we had to really work hard on our income end because we're both spenders. And so it's a fun budget to watch every month. <laughs> <laughs> talk, talk a little bit about the communication. I talk about that all the time on this show, how important that is. So you said you started doing the Dave Ramsey process yourself mm-hmm. kind of without him. At what point, <laughs> what was going on? I mean, was he managing his money okay during that period of time or did it really take the communication to get you guys say look we both got to get on the same page here i managed everything pretty much like i did our budgets and whatever and he would like rather not look at it and so i used like every dollar which is like dave ramsey's budgeting platform and i'm like get this app on your phone and he's like i'd rather not I'm like okay great <laughs> but we realized like my idea of like budgeting and money management will never be his And it took a really long time to figure out like he's not going to look at this app or a spreadsheet and ever be excited. And so we, I had a really hard time struggling with this actually, because like you watch Dave Ramsey and they always talk about like a couple's relationship with money and how you handle it. And you guys like come together monthly and doing a budget meeting. And like my husband would rather die. This is not going to work for us. (laughs) And so what we started doing was like started small and we're like, okay, let's talk about like our personal spending money because that's like a happy thing. I'm like, what would help you? on that end because honestly the bills are on auto pay like we have our retirement automated like we've pretty much automated everything else like our grocery spending doesn't change that much every month it's really our personal spending like sarah and justin's money where we struggle and so he's like i really like cash i'm not going to check an app but he's like but if you give me x amount of cash every month we're going to do it and i'm like okay but i don't want to choose what that is for you so you kind of pick you know you want $300 this month, you want $200. And so he chose his own amount and then he would get that. And then it was up to him to do with whatever. And then it was nice because he couldn't get mad at me because he chose the amount of money he got. And then I would also not yell at him when he came home with like a soda from the gas station every day, which is like his thing. And I just feel like it's ridiculous. So 
it's, it was a good win for us. And we really kind of went that way because we knew we were working towards saving goals, but really we knew how much we were trying to save. And it was really the, the personal spending we really need to get a handle on. And so that's where we started. How different we all are. I am just the opposite. I cannot stand having cash. And it's yeah. not necessarily because I don't like having money on me. In fact, that's one of been, been one of my challenges here in Puerto Rico is you have to carry cash all the time because many places don't take any other form of payment. So if you want to get out of a parking garage, you want to be able to see a doctor or something, you're oftentimes going to have to pay some type of cash. But I don't like to carry it because I'm such a giving person. I always give it all away. My wife's yeah. like, I come home and she's like, where did all of our money go? I'm like, <laughs> oh, somebody asked for money here and somebody asked for money there. And I just found that if I used a card and I never had cash, I was much more disciplined. And not that I don't still give substantial amounts of money to my church and other people and pay a tithe, but it's a reality that it's like, I can't do cash all the time or I'm yeah. going to completely go broke. Yeah, that's amazing. I also don't like cash. I'm with you, but it worked for him. And that's kind of where we laid the foundation is we had to start somewhere. And I like to always talk about that because I think people get overwhelmed with the idea of these like very like amazing, like family budget meetings. And for a lot of couples, it's not ever going to be like that. <laughs> no. And I think it's coming to the realization, just like you did, that you're not the same and that's not going to work the same for each side. Once the sooner you can come to understand that and then come to a middle ground, the sooner you're going to be able to make progress. Now everyone can make progress. Everyone can commit to make progress, but just like, as you guys talk about cash, may be the way you do it on one side. It may be cards on the other side vice versa, these things are going to happen. But as you can talk about it, and I guess that's the biggest thing, Prosperity Nations, we continually mention on this show, is you need to communicate with your spouse, significant other, whoever else that may be affected by your finances. And if you have kids, same thing with them. You need to have communication with them very openly on what you're trying to accomplish and what you're doing. So when the the issues come up where you may not be able to do what you used to do, or things may be handled differently, that's not a surprise. I think one of the biggest issues that I say that creates most problems in marriages and life is unmet expectations, that people expect something else than what they get. And so as we communicate and educate each other, pretty soon we don't have as many of those and therefore our relationships are better. I do say, I would say like a common vision helps because when we made, he made a very hard choice by going back to his high paying job. And so our like long talks about that. We're probably like, he likes like the big picture idea. We're very much on the same page, but the day-to-day like minutia of how we're going to get there, he doesn't want to know. But he knew when he went back to that job that we'd eventually get him back out again. And he like signed up for the vision, but he's like the day-to-day, like, don't bore me, give me my cash and I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the way that you're doing that, as I understand it, is through rental properties. Talk a little bit about the first property, what got you started? Obviously, it sounds like your husband had a, a big interest in this. Yeah. How did you initially get started into your first property? My husband has wanted real estate since high school. So we've been together since high school. That's like our fun fact. He's wanted them forever. And I thought he was crazy um, because I don't, I'm not handy at all. Like zero, I've learned things. Like he has taught me a bunch of stuff now that I can have some skills, but really that was something new for us. And so, um, we decided that that was really the fastest way we can scale up because super sa- like we're not that great at saving and I don't do well with the pile of cash sitting there. And so doing like the classic like fire path where you can, you know, potentially retire just through index funds was never exciting to me. I mean, I like index funds. We have index funds. We still do retirement savings for each of us, but real estate was faster. Like you could run the math, you could do a spreadsheet and you could really see it like move the needle quicker. And so 
I'm a really impatient person. And so, and so that was his big thing. Like he is renovations. Like he could probably build a house from scratch from top to bottom and do all of it himself. And I know nothing. And so he liked houses for that aspect. And I didn't think my skill set really matched with that until I realized that most of the money you make is on the buy and that's math and numbers and spreadsheets. And so it really tapped both of our skills. And so it got a lot more exciting when I realized I could put together spreadsheets and figure out returns and kind of analyze it similar to retirement and investing. So that really got us rolling. How did you come up with the money for the first property? Where did that come from? So we bought our, I, like, I guess that there's house zero. So we bought our, the house we were living at when we got married, we remodeled. And so we bought it and it had like floor to ceiling, like floral wallpaper. It had um, green trim. It had um, the bathroom. Every wall was dolphin murals, like as tall as I am. I'm five, three and the dolphins were taller than me on every wall um, in a very small bathroom. And so it was just hideous. Um, and so we remodeled that completely through and then we moved out of that house. And then I think we left like $37,000 out of that. And we bought two properties with that money. So we moved into the house we currently live in that we're renovating and then, which we're pretty much done renovating now. And then we bought our first rental property with that. So house one we're living in and then house two, if you are on my Instagram ever is our first rental we ever bought. So um, and did you re- renovate it as well? Were both these properties renovated or just the one you're living in? The one we're living in, we did a rental. It was more cosmetic. The bathroom was really bad. It just needed some paint and kind of freshened up. But overall, it was like the bones were really good and it came with like brand new appliances. The second rental was pretty much turnkey. It took like less than $1,000 to get that one up and running. It needed like two new floor joists because the floor was just like really squeaky and kind of bounced. And so we just changed out the floor joists because my husband can do all that. And it's really nice. And amazingly, his family that we, you know, they do like construction stuff on the side. So his dad could bring over like all of his jacks and help us with it. And so it's honestly amazing being a part of his family because they just know how to do everything. And I'm sitting there like, I think we hired out changing light bulbs in my family. So <laughs> <laughs> don't know what we're doing, but I can paint. Um, yeah, house two is pretty much a turnkey property. So we talked about that a little before the show, Sarah and I did, and it, it was in regards to my own life. I actually started my married life buying a 15 unit apartment complex, <laughs> and it was very overwhelming. We got shown two units that were the best units of the 15, and we thought, okay, we can handle this. There are minor repairs. I knew how to do a lot of stuff just because we were so poor growing up that I had to do it in my own house growing up helping my dad do stuff. I thought, okay, I can handle this. Well, then we got the unit closed. We saw the other units and we realized we have a major problem here. We had subflooring that had to be redone, bathrooms that completely had to be torn apart. All the flooring had to be redone. Kitchens need to be redone. And I can tell you, I learned way more about rental property than I ever cared to, way more about construction than I ever cared to. But as a CPA, especially, it's been great because it's allowed me to use that knowledge to help other people and to be able to relate to other people as they're going down this journey and to better understand where they're at. So it's really cool here with Sarah and them doing what they are in renovating. And in Prosperity Nation, if you are looking at investing, you have the skills, it can be a great way to build equity. It can be a great way to really help yourself improve your financial position. So you guys get into these two units and then now you've got two more. Is that correct? How many other yeah. units do you have? We have we have four houses total. So the one we're living in, and then we have three properties. One is a duplex, and so it has two tenants, obviously. It is vacant right now, and we're going to remodel that this spring and summer. So March starts the duplex because we, we're slow because we do it all with cash because we can't break all of our Dave Ramsey habits, but 
we bought all of our properties 20% down though that we've bought so far. So. How, how have you found being a landlord? Is it something that you've enjoyed as far as working with tenants? Anything that you could recommend to the listeners that are looking at getting into rental properties? So I'm very particular, shocking. <laughs> so I do everything online and everything automated. And so when we're screening tenants, I ask them like, will you pay online? Will you do your leases electronically? Like a lady even asked me for our last property when we were running it out. She's like, can you mail me a paper application? And I said, no. <laughs> so you just figure out, you know, we have a set of like standards and regulations and I'm learning that the main you make money on the buy and then your next most important thing in real estate is screening your tenants well. And so we've, I feel like we've done a pretty good job so far. We'll see, I guess, when they move out, that's like when the real magic happens. But so far we, I mean, honestly, I found our first tenants off of Facebook. Wow. So they like a friend of a friend heard that we bought a house in the right school district they wanted to be in. And so they reached out to us and then well, they, their friend told them we bought a property, but they um, were confused because we also bought a house for ourselves at the same time. And then I saw them post like, hey, me and my wife are looking for you know, a home. And I messaged him like, hey, I just bought a house today. And I saw you're looking. Do you want to move in this month? <laughs> so cool. it worked out really well. And you're exactly right on the screening process. So that's one thing, Prosperity Nation, you've got to understand is that screening is so critical. At taking a risk on a tenant if it's your first investment is not the wise thing to do because they can cost you so much money over time and not only unpaid rent, but also any damage that's done to the home that for some reason you may not be able to get back from them. And as you're saying, even in your own situation, if you have to remodel, it can be months without rent. Now you guys are planning on that. It's part of your yeah. budget. It's part of what you guys are doing. But yeah. if you've got to remodel a property, it could take you a while to get that remodeled and be able to get it back on the market where you can start making money again. Right. That fourth house we bought, bought at the end of last year, and it was actually like a really big stretch to buy that house. And we bought it because, well, we found it really cheap. And then the rent off of the fourth house and the first house will cover all of our mortgage taxes and insurance on every property. And so we bought house four and like drained all of our savings because we knew if we had the fourth house, our duplex could sit open for five months and we could renovate it with cash and we wouldn't have to kill ourselves. And so it was a very strategic plan to like have it sit for a little bit. So like right now we're cash flow is zero, but we're really proud of that zero because two of our units are empty and we still aren't bleeding money. So <laughs> the reality of it is just part of the process and, and yeah. it's planning is part of the process. And I think that's the cool thing about what you and your husband are doing, Sarah, is you are planning in advance. You're looking at these things, looking out and saying, okay, where do we need to be? How do we get to where we need to be? What moves will allow us to get there? The more we can do that type of stuff in this, you know, stop this instant gratification. We're just going to make a decision now on the cuff. That's so hard to be able to make work out when if you plan now, there may be times when you plan and it doesn't perfectly work out. That happens many times too. And I'm sure it's happened in your guys' life. But that's just part of the process also. Not for the week either. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Renovating was rough. Like not, the house four nearly killed us. I'm not going to lie. It was not great, but yeah. we made it. So <laughs> you, you want to be a person that wants a lot of control because you're going to have a lot of that. But you're right. There's situations that can be really tough on a marriage. It can be really strenuous. And same thing with us. When we had our 15 units, it worked out in the end. But we spend a lot of weekends, a lot of nights over there doing repair work that we never expected we'd ever have to do in our whole lifetime. Yeah. It, the game changer for us is we had a baby in June. And so house four was the first house we had to renovate with a baby. 
and like childcare. And like, I can't just like run up and paint because there's like naps and bottles and sleep. And you're just like, Oh my God, this is, I, I was overconfident that it would be fine. <laughs> and it was fine. It just was different than we expected. So. What's next? Are you guys planning on getting additional properties? Where do you see yourselves in real estate? First of all, we need to rebuild our savings because it's bad right now. So I guess we, yeah, we bought it for a strategic reason house for, but we're a little low on reserves. So we need to get our reserves back up personally. And for the business, we keep like an emergency fund in our business as well. After that, we will probably not buy a house this year. The other thing is the house we're living in, it's done. So in theory, we could move out of this and get something else. So I think if we do anything this year or next year, it'll be getting ourselves a new primary residence and running this property out. So that might be a move we may make this year, but the main, our 2020 is getting that duplex up and rolling because that'll be our big, that's probably our best, our best school district, highest running property. And it's torn apart right now. <laughs> so if you want to see us tear a roof off a house and rebuild it like halfway up, then you can watch those stories. But yeah, I think the big thing is we just, we really have no idea what we're doing. We're just trying to figure it out and figuring out what works for us. And, you know, I've, I've watched a lot of like, like these guys who've been real estate for like 30 years and like have been in like through a recession. They're like, Oh, all these people are out there talking about their real estate and they don't know what they're doing. I'm like, that's me. (laughs) (laughs) But I think it's nice to see the process and us figuring out as we go. And so that's why we talk about it. It's not to be an expert. It's to say every day, we don't know what's going to happen with our properties and we're figuring it out and we're trying to do a good job of managing debt versus scaling up. And I think our goal is to get to six houses. That would be our like retirement number house we need. So we need actually five houses now that we have a duplex. So just one more house really, and then pay them all off. So. Well, that's great. Sounds like you've got a great plan. Sounds like you and your husband are working well together. Sounds like you're enjoying the fun parts of life and children. The big concept things we get, the day-to-day life with the baby is a whole new learning experience. (laughs) We're making it. Yeah. Add five more to that. And uh, then we can talk. So Sarah, it's been great having you on the show today. I appreciate you not only sharing your story, but talking about your relationship with your husband and how finances have come into that relationship, some of your upcoming goals, your exciting times that you have ahead of you with your family and being able to look forward to additional properties. For those of our listeners who would like to get a hold of you and to start following the things that you're doing and your financial journey, where can they go to do that? My Instagram is probably the best place because I'm on there. I, I don't want to talk about how much I'm on Instagram. Like it's probably I way more like when, it, when you look at your phone and it tells you how much screen time, like 99% of that is on Instagram. So I'm on Instagram all the time under my nerd's guide to wellness is my handle, which I made because I, I really started paying off debt because it's like a more of a mental health journey. And I talk about that sometimes it's just finances are a big like insecurity thing and like kind of unheavals your whole life. And so if you get them under control, it kind of you don't have that baseline worry all the time. Like, you know, where your meals are coming from, you know, your bills are all going to be paid. You know, you have a roof over your head. Like just having like knowing you're stable is a important thing, like a security thing for me. So, but anyway, I digress. So Instagram is the best thing. You can email me as well. The link's on Instagram as well. It's just nerdsguide to wellness at gmail.com. And then I also have a blog, but it is getting migrated in the next month or so. So right now we're in the process of like doing a full rebrand and a remodel. And yeah, so hopefully I'll have a new blog up and rolling soon and have some new content on and do a lot more posts on the houses. So, yeah. All right. Well, very exciting. Sarah, thank you so much for being on our show today. Thank you for having me. This is exciting. And I, I love your mind the gap because it's so important because we went from no gap to 
our gap is a lot more comfortable now. So we're, we're working our way up. <laughs> Absolutely. It, it is definitely the prosperity gap that we all need to focus on. My name is Dave Hall. I've been the host of the show. And remember, for those of you that have not yet subscribed, please take the opportunity to subscribe to our show so you can meet other amazing people like Sarah, listen to their journeys, listen to their stories, and listen to the great advice that they share to help you bridge your gap between the life you're currently living and the one you should be in.